RG3 was on the call. I talked about him. I think he does a great job. However, he said one of the wildest sentences I've ever heard. Um, he said Alabama has a lot of man meat up there, which you can't say that. Like, you can't say man meat. <laughs> that You can't say that phrase. Like, you could say they got a lot of space eaters, big guys, beef up front, hog mollies, people movers. Like, there are so many terms you can use. So you, can't, you can't say man meat. They got a lot of man meat up there. You can't say that, RG3. Let's get it. All right, first, hold on. Let me, let me put my sunglasses on real quick. Got to get in character, baby. What, gotta you got a visor? I, I don't Actually, have no, a visor. Remember, I got a hoodie. You're talking, talking to an adult right now, so. I'm, yeah, I know. I'm talking. You need to take them glasses off. I got glasses on. I got a hoodie on. This is the way that I was raised. Uh, I was raised to wear hoodies and glasses when I talk to adults. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, SP and Ross's Untitled College Football Podcast. How do your Saturdays feel? How does your college football feel? feel? Uh, I know how mine felt this Saturday. And, I mean, until Colorado's no longer the story, we're going to have plenty of Colorado talk. But I just want to start off with, you know, who said this was an off week in college football? Because that's what the that's what the narrative was all week leading into this week off week not a not a great slate of games no rank to be ranked um blah 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 and i feel like that's just like that's casual that's casual college football fan talk those are the 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 casuals that just tune in for a top 25 matchup or the game of the week or whatever if you're a diehard like we are if you're if you're a day one diehard college football fan uh, there's no such thing as an off week, man. Like there, there yeah. just isn't. Like on paper, you might be able to look and make assumptions about what the week is going to be, but like if if you don't know that any week any team could get beat because these are 18, 19, 20 year old college kids, uh, you know, not reliable. I don't know. I remember being in college. I don't know if you guys out there remember it. Definitely not. Uh, you know, consistency isn't the strongest characteristic for uh, 18, 19, 20-year-old young men. So, yeah, we shouldn't be surprised when uh, a Florida State struggles with a Boston College for three and a half quarters or, uh, you know, some of these other games that we'll get to this week because that's just college football, man. My daughter agrees. That is just the sport. All right, so weeks, weekly thoughts. Week three, it was fun. <laughs> Um, I wanted to start with that. Just college football always delivers. Don't don't check your schedule beforehand and make assumptions about how fun or how entertaining of a week it's going to be. If there's games, there's going to be some craziness. Um, speaking of that, did you know? I wonder how many people know. Did you know college football teams have general managers? Almost all of them have GMs or uh, DPPs, director of player personnel. Is that a... Is that uh, advent of the the transfer portal now? We just need to be able to track roster movements. 
to an extent that it, been in case so it, it seems like from what i read a, a, an article on the athletic um I, I wish i remembered who wrote it but what it, it seemed to me like that yes this explosion of the transfer portal uh necessitated maybe larger staffs and large you know more positions similar to like a pro organization um uh, to track roster movement to do scouting but it also just seemed like uh, obviously, the coaches hit the recruiting trails and do a lot of that, but uh, it made it seem like, and I, I was reading about, uh, uh, damn, what team was it? It was, um, it wasn't even like a major, major program, but it was one that was on the way there. Oh, it was, I think it was Tulane, maybe, kind of explaining like how they've built what they built. Um, but just, yeah, the idea of like the 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 scouts or the the, the GMs or the DPPs know what coaches are looking for similar to the nfl um and they are bringing you know the recruits the tape the names to these coaches and then the coaches will obviously follow up but i i guess i i knew that recruiting departments were huge i remember back in the day alabama's big advantage over everybody was the size of their staff and the fact that they had basically like a professional front office running their you know football program but it just seems like, yeah, it's proliferating in more places now. And it's just a, you know, it's a reminder that the only thing that keeps this from being professional is that the players are still unpaid. That's the only, everywhere else, this is, uh, you know, it's professional football. Yeah. So. I yeah, no, just... that makes a lot of sense, especially the fact that you have players coming from so many places and some of the, the point of, you know, JUCO or even some of the folks who end up transferring, you have so many players that are just flying under the radar otherwise. So how else do you uncover these folks that would have been four-star recruits or three-star recruits, but they didn't have the grade? So they never never played in college initially. Yeah. Or just a four or four or five star that fell off the radar because of an issue or because family member got sick. So unless you have a dedicated staff member to devoting to that like you would um a high school kid. How would you, how would you, uh, how would you know? Yeah. You'd be behind. Yeah. So that's, that's the way of the future. And, you know, it's just a, another reminder that this is, this is professional on every level except the labor. So let's, let's go ahead and pay the labor and, and then we can just, uh, make it officially minor league football. Um, we better not have lost Travis Hunter to, this is, you know, this was during the during the game, but I wrote, we better not have lost Travis Hunter to what was clearly a blatant, dirty hit. Um, the, the targeting in college is something that really bothers me because there are, you know, that ejection. I, I have an issue with ejecting college kids for that, just because there's only a finite number of games in college. You have four years. Some people aren't going to start all four or don't even play. So like when you're talking about taking away games from these kids, it's uh, it's, that's kind of a triggering thing for me, but they do it with the, uh, you know, with targeting, they try to keep targeting out of the game. They have a review process to kind of determine malicious versus unintentional, but there's a suspension uh, or a ejection that comes from if they deem it to be, you know, more flagrant. Uh, if they're going to not eject kids for what that safety did to Travis Hunter for hits like that, you know, blatant balls on the ground going around your own player to hit Travis Hunter. 
Um, if you can't get ejected for that, then that we shouldn't be ejecting anybody for for anything. Either they should be ejected, like the targeting, or it's okay, no one gets ejected. Everyone gets the 15-yard penalty. But that was one of the more blatant dirty hits I'd ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, it is football. Death threats aren't okay, but you can't do that. No. No. It's enough. Yeah, there's enough. It's a collision sport. There's enough big hits. The I, I haven't even seen anyone out there trying to say, oh, bang, bang, quick, like couldn't pull up. And it's because if you see... He goes around his def- you know, his own teammate, like very consciously, takes almost two full steps to avoid his teammate, and then lowers his shoulder and hits Travis Hunter, all while the ball has been on the ground for some time. So that one, um, they're talking about maybe coming back and susp- you know, he might be suspended for the next game. I think he should. Um, I think he should have been thrown out of that one and suspended for this one. But um, you know, they can't go back. So just make sure he's suspended for at least the next game. Um, Man, I, I get it. Uh, it's it, yeah, I know you don't want to get in the in the in the habit of trying to read intent on the football field as a as an observer, but we've all seen the three hundred and seventy five pound DT who literally can't stop his motion and runs into a quarterback because he's just he's big, mm-hmm. and they do all they can to pull up, and that person can get you know targeting, get ejected, and. For that to happen, and then, like you said, for the for the Colorado City should happen on on Saturday night, doesn't doesn't make sense. No, so I'm glad. Yeah, Travis Hunter did go to the hospital. Um, he was released. I think it was a uh, sp- uh, spleen or last. It was a laceration. I don't know if it was spleen. Um, like sim- I think Jason uh, what was it Jason Witten had something similar to that, a lacerated spleen issue. Um, I think his timeline is anywhere from two to four games. So uh, you know, I hope he heals up and gets better. That just sucks. He's one of the obviously most entertaining, exciting players to watch in college and to have to lose him, not only for the rest of that game, but for some future games when they're about to go into the toughest part of their schedule too. Yeah. Uh, just, it just it's really like sucks. Oregon, USC. Oregon, USC yeah, as yeah. the next two games. So it just really sucks that, you know, their two hardest games, they're down, you know, one of their most, if not their most important player outside of quarterback. So I uh, hope he gets better soon. And uh, like I said, suspend. I'm, I'm not even going to throw his name out there, but he wears number 11 for Colorado State. He should be suspended. Uh, we'll get back to that game, I'm sure, down the road. Uh, win, lose, or draw. I was always here. I'm always here for Spencer Rattler versus uh, you know, the top defense in the country. I feel like this is the fifth or sixth time we've gotten to see Spencer Rattler versus uh, uh, elite defense. He is he's a gunslinger, man. Like I I I enjoy watching him play because if you know one thing about him, he's he's gonna try. He's gonna try some stuff out there. He's gonna try to squeeze the ball into some tight windows. Um he's gonna throw the ball back across his body. And you know, for a second there, he he had a he well, I didn't believe, but he maybe had some people believing there was an upset brewing. Uh, but I'm just here for Spencer Radler versus really really hard defenses uh because i feel like he just feels that he needs to you know just go take over the game and win it by himself and it's fun to watch yeah yeah he's definitely gonna be playing on sundays i think yeah. the uh towards the end the offensive line tried to fail him a little bit but they they had all the pieces he played really well on saturday and they were close yep. they were close yeah so There's nothing else gonna be a blueprint for the rest of the teams on 
on Georgia's schedule. Yeah, they they might have exposed some uh you know some ways to attack that defense. Uh we'll we'll maybe talk more about Georgia more, but you know, offensively, uh I don't know if Georgia's really scaring anybody. Maybe, you know, upfront size, leaning on people running the ball, but like offensively, um, you know, Georgia's got some some soul searching to do on that side of the ball. Obviously their defense will keep them in damn near every game. But um, if they do run into a team that can crack that defense, I I haven't seen the evidence that their offense can kind of go tit for tat, or at least you know, kind of kind of match that. So that just bears bears some monitoring down the road. I think I was true across the board. I'm sure we'll get into this. One of my weekend headlines was every team looks beatable. Every team has a has a flaw. No one. No one anymore to me stands out above the pack, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm sure. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, real quick hitter, Virginia, uh, lost to Maryland. That's that was it used to be an ACC rivalry, an old old very old ACC rivalry. I constantly forget that Maryland is Big Ten now. Um, but that game. So I just this is a personal note. I'm I'm never gonna let it's the only the second time I threw a parlay with Virginia on there. Uh, I'm never going to let Parlay, uh, Virginia ruin any of my bets anymore. And, you know, I, I want to root for them. I want them to, like, kind of get back off the mat here. But um, it's one thing that they've ruined college basketball single-handedly or that they're trying to set back the sport of college basketball with the way that they, are, you know, just are allergic to offense and scoring. But that shit's transitioning over to their football. Um, and, you know, their their offense they were 15 point underdogs i just needed them to lose by not 16 um and their quarterback threw three interceptions in a row consecutive interceptions um so tough i think he's a freshman too tough so virginia uh keep keep your head up but um i'm not i'm done i'm never that's it no more ruining bets the rest of my bets have been great you guys are really really ruining it uh the rock the Rock returned to SmackDown on Friday night. Uh, I'm not even a big wrestling guy since I've grown up, but the last like two or three weeks, they brought John Cena back. They brought The Rock back. So they're just bringing back the biggest names ever. I saw on the internet, wouldn't it be great if other sports could just like randomly bring back a retired legend? So imagine Minnesota in a close game. It's third and 12 in the fourth quarter. They drop the lights in the stadium. The tunnel lights come on and Randy Moss runs out for one third down play and they just throw him an alley-oop, hit like, you know, a little jump ball in the end zone. Like, that's that's what wrestling gets to do. They get I was, to like, thinking about the Timberwolves. I was like, now checking in, Terrell Brandon. Like, what? <laughs> gets Derek to come Cassell. in. Here comes Tom Gugliotta, y'all. So, like, I just love that, that wrestling gets to do that because, you know, don't tell them. But they get to script it, and they just get to bring you know whatever the dopest storyline is. They just get to write that in. Um, yeah. I did find it funny, you know. Next day, he was on College Game Day set. He was Team Colorado, Team Prime, as the whole world is. But at no point did anyone bring up. Y'all know the Rock not only attended but played football for the University of Miami, right? I don't, I don't think he's been to. Do they bring him down to Miami? Like, like, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was weird. Like you're, you are a former football player of another school who is also uh, undefeated currently. Um, 
you know, back in the day, Miami, Colorado, like when the Rock played, Colorado was like a rival of Miami's or one of the better teams in the nation. I just thought it was, you know, I get it. Like you, everyone wants to be around the Colorado brand, but um, I don't know if you're a University of Miami, don't you got to be like, hey, hey, man, like, are are you gonna pull up to our game too, or or what what's going on here? Yeah, that's interesting. My my quick thought on that is I think Miami over the years has just ruined so much goodwill with bringing players back. Similar to Texas, Miami's back, Texas is back. I'm sure people are just tired of it. Yeah, I'm I'm less inclined to believe. I mean, well, Texas had their stumble, but I'm actually I'm actually less inclined to believe uh, that Miami is back than Texas, but. Or I don't know if either of them are back. We'll see. Uh, quick, quick hit. Since I've made you the resident uh, Louisville fan, like at what point can we take Louisville seriously in the ACC? They won again this week. They look, you know, they've they they've looked pretty solid. Um, and I feel like the ACC outside of Florida State, that that's a you know, I guess there's UNC, there's Duke, but I just feel like uh, there's a lot of teams kind of on similar ground, similar playing field. And... Oh, so the story that to me is the, is the Duke Blue Devils. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Duke-UNC is about to be a football game that matters this year. How about that? Don't know when the last time that Duke was We going to uh going to South Bend, I believe. Is that this, uh, this week? Um, uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame. That's a big one we'll talk about. Uh, I forget who Duke – I think mm, – I forget who they have this week. But um, – it's coming, it's coming soon. I know that. Yeah. I mean – Shout out Duke. I'm um, I'm just keeping an eye on on Louisville. Like I I just think uh, they could be one of those like no one really paid attention early in the season teams. Yeah. That uh could maybe knock off you know a Duke a UNC could give Florida State a game maybe I don't know. Uh, two Peacock games. There were two. You know, normally it's Notre Dame, which I I just want to bring that up because the future is a uh, subscription based paywall-based, streaming-based models. Like, very soon, almost all sports are going to be behind some paywall or another. So Notre Dame kind of being the, the NBC Peacock brand makes sense. Their game was there. But then Washington beat the shit out of Michigan State on Peacock. Um, so uh, good thing for Michigan State fans. Less, less eyeballs on that ass whooping, but just something to note as uh, we move into the future here. Just stream, pay, pay for uh, what you want, pay as you go. Um, John Skipper, who's the former ESPN CEO, has gone on record as saying he believes, and he's you know would be somebody who would kind of know these things. Thinks we're not that far away from the Super Bowl being a pay per view event because think about how much money that would make. We would all buy it. You could price it at almost whatever. You're going to have 60, 70 million homes uh, paying, you know, 60, 70, 80 bucks for the Super Bowl. So just keeping an eye on the future of uh, how we get our content and sports is like the main the main driver of that. All right. Last thing, football note. Um, I hate, hate, hate. my. It's my least favorite thing going in the sport right now. When kids are celebrating because they just made an awesome play to score a touchdown or just ran somebody over or just mossed somebody or the quarterback ran it in from 10 and ran the safety over to get it in, we're hyped, we're celebrating, we're pumping the crowd up, 
you know, we're we're allowed to celebrate now, so we're doing all that. And here comes a ref sprinting into the person celebrating, trying to calm him down, quarrel down the celebration. Don't celebrate too hard. Relax, like just not not even like stopping him, but just like monitoring to make sure if you celebrate too much, I might throw a flag or don't don't get too hype. Like they're just running in and like quarrel, just everybody just is this celebration okay is it okay i I just got to be here to make sure and it's i've noticed it more and more in these games where you just see the player they got the camera on him and then all of a sudden a fucking a white hat comes running right in his face just to make sure he's not too excited um and i just i don't i really don't get it they allowed celebrations now they loosen the the rules on that have let them have a little fun why do like if they do something past whatever the rules are throw a flag like why you're running in like a like a coach or a parent to like calm them down i i don't i don't get it like if they break the rule throw a flag if not just let them celebrate the refs want to make them put themselves in the center of the action far too often like when the play's over we we don't need refs we don't need y'all this is all entertainment yeah that's the point of this and the Why we feel are... we need to legislate this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is all silly to me. Yeah, this is all wrestling. This was the biggest wrestling week in the history of football between what Dion and Colorado and Norvell and like this was just a, a a WWE style week of college football. And the more like wrestling it is, the better. So let's lean into it. Yeah, let's not legislate celebrations and fun. It's just it's a bad look. Um. Oh, final, th- uh, final thing. Did you know you could tie in college football now? Because I learned that this weekend. I knew they changed really? overtime. Yeah, I knew they had changed the overtime rules, but I did not know that you could tie. I don't know if this is the first year of that, but Ohio and uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, Miami, Ohio, and Cincinnati tied. So Ohio is one one and one, and uh, or Miami Ohio one one and one, and Cincinnati is two one and one, or no two zero oh, and one. So you can tie now. I didn't know that. I don't know. Um, like, I don't know how. I don't know how that's going to be factored in when they do, you know, rankings or playoffs. If when those get expanded, like, I don't know what you do if you have a a a eleven zero and one team. Like, just something. That, something I learned this weekend. You can tie in college football now, y'all. Yeah, I guess I get not wanting any more seven overtime games. Yeah, uh, yeah. I need a winner or a loser. That's fair, and I like they changed it so that uh, like you start going for two earlier and all that. But I guess even last year or two years ago, there were enough long overtime games that they're like, you know what, we just we need to have ties. So you could tie. We'll everyone. see when it happens. That'll that'll change as soon as it happens for a game that matters. Right. Yeah, this time, the first time I'm seeing it, I don't know if it's happened before, is a no offense. Cincinnati, yeah, Cincinnati, Miami of Ohio game. So I don't think anyone even knew knows that they tied. But yeah, yeah. let Georgia let Alabama fly. let you end yeah. in the tie. Let That'll somebody be the last else time tie. That happens. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just waiting to see for one of those games. Let those end in a tie. We'll change that right back. Uh, all right, let's move on. Next is for real. Our four teams uh it's the you know i guess it's a power four or four teams um i uh i should i recap i guess the week prior i don't know i'm not gonna recap the the 
Uh, maybe I will. Let me let me recap my week prior. Last week I gave you Notre Dame at no, I, yeah, Notre Dame at four, Washington at three, like Florida State at two, and Texas at one. That was last week. I don't know if you happen to remember yours last week. If not, don't worry about it. I think it was. I think you had Penn. I know the two teams that you had different that I didn't have was Penn and Michigan. And Michigan. And I forget. Michigan was one. I think Florida State was two. Um, I think Penn was four. But yeah, and we this is this is with Georgia. As the, I think Georgia is squarely back in the mix as, now. As the inevitable number one, I had them, but now. Um, I mean, I kind of just still want to leave them up there for now. Let's leave them at the at this top slot for now. We saw some chinks in the armor, but until they lose and and are not basically unanimous ones, I'm gonna keep them at the out out of this discussion for now. So let's just just do our four non-Georgia teams after this weekend. Um, yeah. I have. The same four teams, but I'm my order has been changed. So I'll start with Texas at the four. Um to go on the road and beat Alabama, which you know, we we might have our questions about Alabama now. Uh that that win looks a little less impressive after South Florida also almost beat uh, or not also almost beat Alabama. Had Alabama sweating, had to really fight it out to get a victory at South Florida. So the Texas. Do you victory, remember uh, Nick Saban coaching Alabama team? No, I. The uh, only thing, like I just before this game, I this was a I just had vengeance game all over it. I was like, whatever the spread is, they're going to win by twice that amount. This is that whole pissed off, terrible week of practice with Nick Saban game. I feel bad for your next opponent game. That's what this has always been. The rare, yeah, the rare times that they lose that next game is like heaven help the other team. And uh, yeah, that's not what this was. And, you know, I'm not I'm not going to rush to like bury Alabama, but as it pertains to Texas, still impressive road victory. But I'm just, you know, it, I had to look at their win in a, in, a, in a new light. And then I saw I have a I have respect for Wyoming. So I'm not going to just say this this bum Wyoming team like we, Wyoming's beat Texas Tech, who's proven to be pretty good so far. Uh, Wyoming was undefeated. Like it was a a home game, right? So they're at Texas putting up a fight. Um, but Texas, you know, they got it done. Maybe emotional letdown game. Um, they ended up pulling it out. Like they they definitely pulled away in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't a game much past the third. Uh, but respect to Wyoming. But I'm gonna keep Texas in the four spot for now. Um, but look at their, you know, just looking ahead at their schedule. It's uh could get bumpy. Um the 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 they have Baylor. I'm gonna give them that win. Baylor looks kind of a hot mess. But Kansas could be interesting. That's just a you know, an, an offense that has potential. The Oklahoma game, the way Oklahoma looks now, that's gonna be a game. I, I hope because last year Oklahoma ruined the Red River uh, Red River rivalry with their terribleness. Um BYU could be a tough one for Texas, Kansas State, 
TCU. Like they got a tough schedule. Like there's some there's some games where Texas is gonna have to get you know play better if they want to win. But I'm not knocking them. I I wanted to put Michigan in this four or in this top. Uh, you know, four, but I, I didn't want to, I, I didn't think it was fair to take Texas out just yet. So I'm going to leave Texas at the four. Who you got it for? Yeah, respect to all of your picks. Um, the fact they hold on, head on to the win and they kept it close, I think I'm going to move Florida State down to four. Um, yeah. Like I heard a lot this weekend, it's better to learn through a win than through a loss. I think they definitely learned some things through this, through this uh win. And just played a really scrappy, really tough Austin Coliseum. So yeah. I think the defense they can expose some, but um, yeah, they they hold it steady at number four for me. Yeah, I like that. I'll get right to my three because my three is Florida State. Just um, moved them down a, a, a slot. It's a road game, college football road games, you know, almost regardless of the opponent, you can get caught. Um, like you said, Boston College, is, it's a scrappy team. I feel like they're kind of their whole existence is uh, that that sleepy 12 o'clock game with a ranked ACC opponent coming in. Maybe they catch them. Um, but like you said, they got the win. It looked like for a second, Jordan Travis was seriously hurt. Or was about to, yeah. to miss time. Shoulder was grabbing at the shoulder there, but he was able to come back, finish the game. Um, so yeah, I, I I think they'll be all right. And I I I put them uh I put them a, a ahead of Texas because I think the there is a more likely chance that they will stay in this top four going forward, just based off their schedule versus Texas's. But yeah, I'm right there with you. Florida State just dropped them a little bit. Who's your uh, third? Uh, three, I am going, going Michigan. Yep. Uh, again, Michigan is one of those teams that seems like all the Blue Bloods struggled for the most part this week. Um, they had a very sleepy first half. Uh, I think uh, your boy McCarthy threw three interceptions. So very very sloppy game for them this past Saturday, but. Still showing dominant defense, still showing a lot of ability to have some explosive big plays. Um, and they haven't done anything to, to move themselves out that spot. So got them at number three. Yeah. I'm not I, I won't I'm not disrespecting Michigan. I feel like my my thing, because they definitely will keep getting considered, it's the JJ McCarthy of it all. Because in my head, I'm like, all right, if, if Texas and Michigan played, who would I pick? And I think it would be Texas because Quentin Ewers. If Texas, I mean, if Florida State and Michigan played, who would I pick? I think it would be Florida State, and it's because of Travis Hunter. So I think, or Jordan Travis. Um, I think that that's just kind of like what's kept them off for me up front. They're as good as it gets. They can run the ball. Um, defensively, I haven't seen anything that's a major concern yet but i guess they also haven't uh really been tested by a a explosive more explosive type of offense so i um i'm holding off but i could very easily see michigan you know if, if texas gets knocked off here i can uh, michigan yeah. michigan's my five like they're, they're the outside looking at for me uh number two give me notre dame um, I feel like I don't know if I'm higher on them than most people. I think it's just the respect for for Sam Sam Hartman and just his like, you know, 
he's been playing college ball for a while. He's a grown ass man. I feel like there's just nothing he hasn't seen. And so you're you're not gonna confuse him. You're not gonna catch him, you know, in a in a situation where he's uncomfortable. And so he's just been yep. just been guiding the team, making the right plays. They can run the ball. Um, you know, he makes the right decisions in the passing game. My biggest concern with Notre Dame is defensively. Um if they, you know, match up with some of these other top, like this weekend is going to tell me a lot, like how they look on defense against an Ohio State. Um, I just want to see, you know, their their outside like corners, secondary, um, you know, out, you know, pass rush. Can they gen- can they generate that? Haven't really like I haven't seen them against uh, a team. That's kind of on their level. Yeah. Like I'm not like, I, you know, I respect these small teams. But I want to see them you know, against a team on their level. Ohio State's definitely that. So this weekend is going to be a big test. So let me see, uh, you know, how good I should feel about Notre Dame at my my two slot right now. Uh, what do you got for two? So two actually for me is a team that I think has been the most impressive through two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's the Washington Huskies. Mm-hmm. Agreed. They are my one. Um, so I'll I'll just throw that out, wrap my list up. They're my one. I think they're the best team in football right now. Like I think we can I think we can say that just from what we've seen through three weeks. Um, what they did to Michigan State, like you know, Michigan State kind of kind of down. Uh the whole Mel Tucker thing. It's it's it might be a, a tough year for them. But they are a Division One, Power Five, Big Ten. Like they have, they have players. They aren't. I I am convinced. Even if at a struggle year, I don't think they're as bad as they were made to look this weekend. They're not great, but I think Washington. Like I think that's the most impressive win. Like maybe uh, you know FSU. What they did to 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 LSU is still the most impressive win week one, but you, you shut out a, a power five big 10 team for, I don't know if they finished the game shut out. They had them zilched for, okay. They scored one point. Good for you. Or one touchdown Michigan state. Good for you. Um, yeah. Like that, that's the most impressive. The game team. wasn't competitive at any point. No, 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 not at all. And I, I had to check to see they scored a touchdown. Good for you guys. But yeah, they've been the most impressive team through three weeks. Uh, spoiler alert. When we get to Heisman house, Michael Penix jr. Is in the top slot. He's been the most impressive, uh, player from start to finish. Their defense is really good. Offensively, they're explosive. I, I'm confident right now saying that I think this is the best team in college football is the Washington Huskies. So who do you got at one? If not, is it Penn State still? You you, you move Penn State up to one? No, it's Texas. We don't have to talk about it, though. Texas. I don't think they're going to stay there, but they haven't done anything to – to, to, them to and Georgia it. have anything to, to lose it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think either of them to be there in the next few weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll we'll see them. I think we're the same page with the with Texas. Uh, all right, Heisman House. Heisman House time. Here's how I'm gonna do it. The there are four slots. The fourth slot in the Heisman House means you're sleeping on the couch, right? You're in the house, but you don't have a room. You're just yeah, you you, you get the couch. You get the couch in the living room. Third slot 
you get the uh the downstairs like office study like yeah we can convert it into a bedroom but during the day you know it's the office and we use it for other stuff but like if you need to sleep there you can so that's the third slot second slot you're in the guest room your main guest room you got your own room you're on the second floor uh but you're not in the master bedroom, which is the top slot. Top slot, master bedroom, top floor of the house. So it's Heisman House, right? Give me right now. This is probably the lowest that he's going to be. So I got Bo Nix. Bo Nix just got in the house. He wasn't there last week, but he's in the house now. He's sleeping on the couch. I got Bo Nix on the couch. Um, He's put up like flawless performances for the last three weeks. Granted, um, haven't played the top you know some some top more upper echelon competition yet that's coming this weekend maybe we'll see what the colorado competition looks like against oregon uh but bo next is sleeping on the couch i got caleb williams this is the lowest he's ever been caleb they they moved this stuff out the master bedroom not because of anything he did he just didn't play last week uh so he he got moved to the downstairs bedroom and the study uh, no big deal. He'll 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 work his way up. Shador Sanders gets the guest bedroom right now. Um, the speed at which this boy goes through his routes is incredible. Like goes through his progressions um, in overtime and in that final drive in regulation. I mean, I've said this the first time we recorded. You, it, it is so evident the Tom Brady uh, tutelage with him. Like the speed in which it, I think it was. I think it was in overtime he had a curl from the outside receiver a wheel from his back and then he had somebody going straight up tight end coming on like a little out and straight up the seam route and he went curl wheel back to the tight end all in about one second kind of jumping or coming off his back foot went through all his progressions as he's loading up to throw, found the tight end, hit him wide open for the touchdown. And, like, that level of prog- like progressing your reads is is rare at any level. Like, there are NFL quarterbacks that don't go through their reads that quickly. Um, so that is the most impressive part of his game to me by far. And I talked about it with Michael Maddox Jr. He is in the master hey, bedroom. What were, these, what were these auction concerns I was reading about? That's yeah, not what I'm seeing with him. I I mean I I see why people say it, but what he can do to make up for arm strength, arm strength is important. Like the slower you are at going through your progressions and reads, the more important it is that your arm is stronger because it cuts the amount of time in between when you've deciphered where you want to go with the ball and getting the ball there. If you're not at the top of the arm strength game if it's not an elite level of arm strength the faster you can progress and go through your reads and know where you want to get the ball is it's less important that your arm isn't as strong because you're going to throw with anticipation you're going to know where the you know where the holes are where you want to go with the ball i get it he, he might not have the elite arm strength right if we're talking about some of these other quarterbacks like all those other quarterbacks and i'd like to point out that this heisman list right now is just a list of big 12 uh of pac-12 quarterbacks um, we were talking about Pac-12 quarterbacks coming into the season, but by my measure, that's the Heisman list is just for Pac-12 quarterbacks. But um, like he he doesn't have as strong an arm as Caleb Bonix. Uh, may, you know, maybe him and Michael Penix are, are similar, but it doesn't matter because he knows he's super accurate. 
So that's almost more important to me than arm strength, but he throws it early with anticipation and timing. And so it hasn't mattered yet. So that's, he is impressive to me for sure. And then Michael Penix Jr. has been as perfect at the position as you can be um, while whooping up on teams. Again, the only reason, you know, he would have been my top slot regardless. Caleb got moved down to three because Shador led the comeback season on the line. Um, so that's that's my that's my Heisman house. Do you got any any players that I left off that you think should be considered? Because I feel like that's kind of there's a there's a gap between those guys and and whoever else we want to name. And Quinn Ewers played in terrible. the house, but Jaden Daniels would be knocking on the door. Sure, that, yeah. somebody took out on Saturday. The four hundred. He, he has some special attributes. Yeah, four hundred twenty total yards, five touchdowns. Um, maybe six touchdowns. I, I wrote it down somewhere, but yeah. Um, one I man, one man offense. He's he's up he, there. Has, he has elite talent around him on receiver, but he yeah. was incredible on Saturday. Yeah, he was. Um, he he can definitely get some uh, recognition. Quentin Ewers played himself out of it against Wyoming. Just not just that the game was close, but like he didn't even look particularly impressive. Um, yeah, uh, J- Jaden Daniels. I got I got an eye on you, Jalen for sure. Uh, all right, I'll run through these small programs on the rise that we haven't got to. I'm trying to avoid this becoming just like naming I name Sunbelt teams section. So Long Island, I don't think they've won a game yet. They're in the Northeast Conference. They're a smaller school, newer school program on the on the being built up here. Love their mascot. They're the Sharks. Uh, they were in a game with. Baylor and I forget who they played the week prior they've played some like power five schools and while they've not won they have not gotten blown out they have kept it respectable at times I think this is a school with like a population of like 4,000 maybe a little bit over so it's like a really small school it's a very infant stage of the football program but just keep an eye on on Long Island University go Sharks uh Georgia State Sunbelt they are uh, one of those teams that I feel like all the Sun Belt, uh, half the Sun Belt is like this because I got Texas State on here too. They scored 70 points against Jackson State. Um, so Dion got out just in time, I guess. Uh, Sacramento State from the Big Sky, they beat Stanford this week. Um, Stanford, not, I guess they're happy they got to in the, the revenge game. <laughs> I guess they're I happy. I think they... Stanford's coach left. Yeah, it was Stanford's Stanford's old coach. So, yeah, it was the uh, old coach of Stanford got the uh, revenge there. So that was cool. Uh, Western Kentucky from Conference USA. So these are just teams, Georgia State, Texas State, Sacramento State, Western Kentucky. When you see these small schools up against some of the bigger ones or you see them in bowl games or whatever, you know, just they might be fun to watch. If you see a big spread, maybe you think they can keep it close. Just want to shout out some of those small programs on the rise. Before updating our King of Florida and Virginia rankings, King of Florida, FSU still 3-0, UCF 3-0, Miami 3-0, FIU 3-1, Florida climbing up there, man, 2-1, big, big victory over Tennessee this week, we'll talk about it, Uh, FAMU 2-1, FAU 1-2, South Florida 1-2, way to to give them hell against Bama though, South Florida, Bethune-Cookman 1-2. Uh, Kings of Virginia, JMU, keeps it rolling, 3-0. and 
For my money, the best team in the state, Liberty, 3-0. William & Mary, 3-0. Hampton, the real HU. Sorry, Howard. You are not an accredited university for the next 364 days. Virginia Tech, 1-2. ODU, 1-2. Norfolk, 1-2. VMI, 1-2. Richmond, 1-2. And, and Virginia, yikes, 0-3. Oh, um. I, I think Liberty is going to run the table. I'm just going to throw this out there. I think Liberty is going to go undefeated. Will they have a shot at the college football playoffs? Absolutely not. But I think they're going to go undefeated. First team all name, just keeping it moving. There were a lot to choose from. I think if we were all watching the the, the 7 o'clock game of the week, we all heard Squirrel Wright was tackled by Scooby Williams. We all heard that, right? I also heard it. I texted you. Yeah, Squirrel Wright, wide receiver for Tennessee, pretty good player, uh, was was tackled by Scooby Williams, Florida D-back or linebacker, I'm not exactly sure. But, um, yeah, whenever you get a Squirrel Wright tackled by Scooby Williams, that's going to make first team all name for sure. There's a lot more. There's also a Kool-Aid on uh, Alabama, but I think we've he's he's been around. Kool-Aid McCastry, he's, he's been around for a while. All right, 12 o'clock. Environment check. Let's get to these games. Georgia Southern at Wisconsin. Uh, we talked about it last week. Anytime I see a Sun Belt team playing one of these Power Five schools, you just never know. Wisconsin's like the perfect school that would lose to the these Sun Belt teams. I I definitely have my eye on that game. Do you know Clay Helton was at uh, Georgia Southern? Because I didn't. I did, but it doesn't matter. It's a Sun Belt. Anything's possible. <laughs> uh, the announcer said while I was watching that game that Clay Helton has always been a good coach. I don't, I don't know that we could just say that, but um, like, uh, I don't know. Has he always been a good coach? The USC thing got off to a good start, but as I recall, he was fired because it didn't end well. So is it fair to say he's always been a good coach? Maybe is, are the they saying he's like, USC is like he's a he's a really nice guy. Like, he's, are just, they, he's just a great guy. Are, is he a good coach and a bad recruiter? Because, like, it didn't work out at the last stop for him. But whatever. Uh, Wisconsin won. I thought they were going to lose. Um, I think it's a distinction between being a good X's and O's coach versus being able to run a program. I think he's struggling with the accountability, culture, stuff that actually matters yeah. beyond schemes. Yeah, maybe they maybe just schemes up good stuff, but Georgia uh, Southern just keep good good to know that uh, Clay Helton's down there. So keep an eye on that Sunbelt. When Sunbelt conference play gets underway, I cannot wait. Those games, those Thursday night games. We got one this week actually. Uh North Dakota State at Boise State daytime, the blue on blue at the blue turf. Uh Boise State was trying to avoid going 0 and 3. I don't I don't like they they are the small, um, they're like small school, you know, like Alabama or small, like small Michigan. They're 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 the small school, like blue blood powerhouse. They were the original. I feel like that that you know, a Fiesta Bowl team with Tom Zabikowski and them. I feel like they were the original kind of small school that can beat your big program. Um, and they don't go on. Yeah, Jerry Zabransky. Yep. 
they don't the, those they don't go oh and they don't go oh and two let alone oh and, oh and three boise might lose that week one matchup to like a washington or oregon because they they challenge themselves early they'll play a pac-12 team um right they'll give them a fight they might not win but they don't go oh and two and they definitely don't go oh and three so this was them saving off oh and three uh against north dakota um, so they got it done. So I just I can't have an 0 and three Boise State team, man. Like I I need eight week eight week nine. I need that Boise State team to just be outside the top twenty five. Uh, yeah, you know, I just it's it's not right. The world of college football is not right if Boise State is we used to isn't rolling. Uh, Penn State Illinois. I don't really got much to say about that other than Gus Johnson can make any game sound interesting and entertaining. It wasn't at all. Uh, it was. It was the epitome of like all the things that are boring about Big Ten football was that uh, Penn State did not look particularly impressive. Illinois, I think, is a feisty, competitive, going to scrap it out with a lot of teams this year. Um, is James Franklin, is he going to ever win a big game? Like he he's not beat Michigan or Ohio State ever. Um is he ever going to do that, or is he just going to win eight, nine games every year, lose to Ohio State and Michigan, and like that's just going to be what they are? I mean, that's what they've been for the most part. Yeah, I just keep waiting. I don't, and I don't know what. Like, there's no reason that they can't beat these teams. Like the. the I don't like they're not until recently. Like what? How? Why are they worse than Michigan? Right? Like I, I how how has it been that they just? I don't know. Like, and I don't think they're gonna do it this year either. Although, matter actually, I'll go on record I now. Is nasty. I think they will beat Michigan this year. I'll go on the record. I don't know about uh, Ohio State, but I, I I think they can beat Michigan this year. But we'll we'll circle back to them. LSU and Mississippi State. You know, I, I mentioned this last week, those goddamn cowbells at Mississippi State. LSU, like we said, Jaden Daniels went one-man show, 400-plus yards total offense, five or six touchdowns. Um, they 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 ran away with that thing early. I think it was 20-something, nothing before halftime. Just take the crowd, take those cowbells right out of it. If I were playing at Mississippi State, that would be the the coach speak all week would be we want to shut those goddamn cowbells up. So let's get up on them early. Let's take their crowd out of it. I want to hear that damn ringing all third and fourth quarter. Let's just take them out by halftime. So LSU, you did that uh, final game. One of the best games of the day, Kansas State at Missouri. This used to be a Big 12 battle. Now we got a little Big 12 SEC action. Um Kansas State's been ranked. We we all know they're they are a super solid program that's always like seems to be always ranked, um, always respectable. But is Missouri better than we thought? Like, cause I I I was very impressed by the way they looked. They tried to mess it up at the end there with the uh not just clock management, but there's a, a penalty knocking them out of field goal range. But they won the game on a 61 yard field goal attempt for the win longest uh kick in sec history um that was the five minutes that gabby spent watching football with me this weekend and 
I was like, yeah, they're not. Pick them. This time we'll spend. Yeah, I was like, yeah, they're not gonna make this. I was like, when they were from fifty six, I was like, ooh, this is long. They got a five yard penalty, sixty one. I'm like, well, you just knocked them out of field goal range. They brought the kicker out, and I was like, yeah, no, he's 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 not gonna make this. This is a ridiculous kick. This is a ridiculous kick for a lot of NFL kickers, let alone a college kid. I was like, there's no way. And so I was like, either send the block to try to block it or put a man deep to return it. And I wrote his name down. I'll say it later because it's not in front of me. But shout out to you, sixty-one yard kick. I don't, I don't respect kickers as a former player. Kickers aren't people. But the only time you get respect is when you do that. So shout out to you. Three thirty window. I'm gonna just list these out. Minnesota at North Carolina. I just wanted, I wanted Minnesota to win so that uh, Mac Brown could grab PJ Fleck by the neck and and let's see how that goes because. Yeah, Shane Beamer was was very cordial about being grabbed by the throat. You grab PJ Fleck by the throat, we're fighting. And I just wanted that to to happen. So I was rooting for Minnesota no, to pull like, the upset. You need like 85. Yeah. You're nobody by the neck. Mac, Mac Brown doesn't care. That's like that's the the whole Mac Brown grabbing. Like, I feel like Mac Brown is at the old man I don't care age. So um, yeah, he'll grab you by the throat. Like he'll he'll do whatever he he's he's at that age. So I just kind of wanted to see like a a contentious handshake after the game. But um, North Carolina got it done. This is for this season three weeks in a row. If you go back to last season, I'm probably on week eleven or twelve. Still waiting, Drake May. Still waiting. Don't understand uh, why people think that you are a NFL franchise quarterback. Um. He might be an NFL quarterback, but I just don't get like I'm glad that they stopped the narrative of is it him or Caleb Williams? Because they were actually doing that before the season started. So I'm glad they stopped yeah. that. Um he you both every game, every time he gives you Yeah, every game I'm gonna NFL throws and he gives you like what you what'd you see? What yeah, you I just don't I'm not I'm not I'm not impressed. The rest of their team is good. So like you you need to it, it needs to be apparent every game. Wow, this guy's a difference maker. I, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, San Diego State at Oregon State. Oregon State's defense, I think, is is really good. Their offense is questionable. DJU is, you know, looks okay. Um, He's fine. He's perfectly fine. <laughs> he looks okay. But I, I think they, what are they right now? They're, four, they're the 14th ranked team. Like, that is, to me, they are probably the most overranked team right now. So I'm just looking at the top 25. They're not granted they should be ahead of Alabama right now, but um I I just think I do I do think they'll beat somebody. The the Washington, Oregon, top echelon, they're gonna sneak up to somebody. Their defense is sure. good enough, but my concern is the offense. So that's that's really and like the San Diego State game, because San Diego State is a defensive team. I think they made a quarterback change, but to start the season, San Diego State's quarterback was a former safety, so throwing wasn't really his thing. Um, I think they made a change there, but like it, it, it just that game was a lot closer than it needed to be for stretches, and I'm just concerned about Oregon State's offense. So, but I I don't disagree. It's a tough place to play, especially if you have to go to. Uh, what is it? Corvallis. Corvallis, yeah, that's it. Yeah. If, you have to go to, if you have to go to Corvallis, it, it it can be a tough place to play for sure. Their defense is good. I'm concerned about their offense, but we'll see. Uh, Alabama, South Florida, I talked about this, thought this was a revenge game. It was 3-3 for 
three quarters. And then there was a weather delay. So it just seemed like it was 3-3 forever to the point where I thought my phone was frozen and wasn't updating because it kept saying 3-3 against Southern Florida. Um, RG3 was on the call. I talked about him. I think he does a great job. However, he said one of the wildest sentences I've ever heard. Um, he said Alabama has a lot of man meat up there, which you can't say that. Like, you can't say man meat. <laughs> that You can't say that phrase. Like, you could say they got a lot of space eaters, big guys, beef up front, hog mollies, people movers. Like, there are so many terms you can use. So you, can't, you can't say man meat. They got a lot of man meat up there. You can't say that, RG3. So um, that was actually the most entertaining part of the game is that sentence right there. Hampton, Hampton and Howard, what a game. Um, the battle for the real HU up in D.C. at Audi Stadium or Audi Field. It's where D.C. United plays. It's a really dope venue. Um, the environment, uh, obviously, for that game was great. Uh, it's one of the biggest HBCU rivalries. Probably, well, I won't say the biggest. There's probably a, a Southern, uh, like Southern Grambling or, or one of those. But one of the biggest. Uh, battle for the real HU. Um, both football teams are up are are on uh, the right trajectory. Um, Howard had been down bad not that long ago. Hampton has been turning it around, but Hampton was down seventeen points at one point. Uh, they came back. They completed the comeback. And for a lot of people, if you went to Howard or Hampton, like this is the only game on the schedule that matters it, it, for 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 football when when this game plays like Hampton doesn't have to win another game the rest of the year their alumni base will be happy Howard can go on and win every game for the remainder of the season and their alumni base will still have to hear about you lost to How uh, Hampton this year so i i just love those types of games where it's the only game that matters to so many people uh miss the battle of the band but you know, if history is any indication, we already know who won that one. Hampton all day. Uh, I have family that goes to, went to, taught at. So I'm a, I'm a HU, HU in my blood. So the real HU for the next 364 days, go Pirates. Apologies to your wife. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like you said in my <laughs> debut episode, it's one of the things that makes this sport distinct from the NFL. Yep. Just like the atmosphere, just like the rivalries. Yep. It's not the same. Not at all. Shout out to HBCUs. Shout out to the HBCUs. Uh, 3.30, last game, what did I put? South Carolina at Georgia. Almost South Carolina, almost. What you did do is maybe expose uh, or or provide somewhat of a blueprint or a game plan. Um, I think that's kind of, kind of been there, though. We saw, who was it last year, um, that kind of had the blueprint for Georgia before TCU did it. I forget what game it was. Um, shoot. Oh, Tennessee. Tennessee. It was Tennessee last year. Uh, they didn't get the win, but you saw like the Tennessee offense was able to, you know, expose some of the secondary. Like, I guess that's really the only weakness of Georgia is like if you have receivers that can maybe win one on one matchups downfield, that's your best bet. Good luck trying to run on them. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just keep keep an eye on Georgia. They're not as like you said earlier, anybody can get beat this year. And that includes Georgia. 
Yep, I think that's it. Um, right. Nothing else to add. Backyard brawl. That wasn't a fun game. Usually is. It was not. Uh, West Virginia. I think they or Pittsburgh. One of them. Whoever lost it just stayed stuck at six points. Um, that's that's usually a fun game. Whenever I think backyard brawl, I think all I think about is that Darrell Revis punt return, where the receiver, where the the other guy, like the receiver or the blocker, punt returner, gunner. Had that block where he took out two players. I think this is against West Virginia. It might have not been. So if it's not, then don't even worry about it. Uh, I remember uh, Steve Slayton and Pat White. Yeah, Steve Slayton being and Pat White. Away, going to the National Championship game. Had no to be an unranked Pittsburgh team. We couldn't do it. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's a better memory. I was like, or just anything Noel Devine related. Uh, I mean, Tavon Austin related when he got there. Um, JMU at Troy. The battle at the top of the Sun Belt. JMU got it done. It was a nice, it was a close game, back and forth. Not a high scoring game, but well played. Arguably the game of the day. Who saw this one coming? Vanderbilt, UNLV. It was a freaking shootout, back and forth. Um, UNLV football, I for whatever reason, I always think like they should be better just because like you're in Vegas, West Coast, it's good weather. The jerseys are cool. Their stadium backdrop's actually pretty cool. Like there's a there's a lot of things about UNLV that you would think would lead to like, yeah, I want to play football there. Um, it was a good game. Really fun. Shootout. Vanderbilt, UNLV, one of the games of the day. Uh, Arkansas, BYU. That was my sleeper game of the week pick from last year or from last week. Uh, Arkansas was like one of my sleeper SEC teams. They still still keep an eye on them. Uh, BYU got it done on the road. Really good win. BYU is uh BYU's good. Like they're they're a quality team. Um not ranked yet, but they're undefeated. They 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 could climb up there. They'll have an opportunity to kind of prove themselves. So just keep an eye on BYU. Sign the program every year. Yep. They're every one of those. Year. They're one of those. Then they play kind of same same style, like a tough, tough approach. Um, you know, big up front. But yeah, just keep keep an eye on BYU. And then obviously Tennessee, Florida. Um, big game for Florida. Maybe this this might be one of the biggest biggest wins for Florida, and or maybe the biggest win in recent memory. I can't think of a bigger Florida victory in recent memory. This got them up, you know, ranked. They were unranked. They're twenty five now. Um, Probably one of Napier's biggest wins, if not the biggest one. I was gonna say definitely Napier's biggest win. I can't think of a bigger one. Um, had the swamp rocking the swamp under the lights orange with the orange tennessee with the orange helmets of florida just all that orange in the swamp under the lights that's college football to me i mentioned that that the, the florida colors is really really what i think of when i think of uh college football um yeah other than that that was the seven o'clock we said michigan struggled early but a lot of the blue buds did they got it done same thing with texas so no big concerns there um Late night. I think the the big uh, trend concern is these slow starts. All the loops that you mentioned started really slowly. Yep. And so we're getting to pick up a lot of points. That could be an issue. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 gonna bear bear monitoring. Um, I'm a little concerned about Ohio State. Just a little concerned. I mean, there's certain some of these blue buds that I've just seen. I'm just I'm, I'm a little concerned. 
Uh, late night. I'll, I'll Georgia, Georgia, Ohio State can't spot anybody from touchdowns. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, it's gonna be. There's gonna be some game. Like everyone's gonna get tested. We're gonna see everyone Texas tested too. in the next three to four weeks. Uh, club late night. Fresno, Arizona State. I don't really got much to say. I think Jalen Rashad. I got hurt. I think because I saw some other guy playing quarterback for Arizona State. I don't know if he got benched or if he was injured. I know he was hurt last week. Did he play at all? Uh, he must not have played then because, like, and I don't even uh, – it was almost a, a shutout. Maybe uh, Arizona State scored at the end, but every time I had them on the third screen, every time I kept looking, it was zero. Um, El Trafico, real quick, MLS. That's right, throw some soccer in here. L.A. versus L.A. Galaxy. It's a derby. Uh, El Trafico, it's it's a hilarious name. It's a, it's a great playoff, El Clasico, L.A. Traffic. Uh, LAFC got the win. They're looking to avoid four straight losses, I think, but for the first time in a long time. So quick history. Galaxy were the team in L.A., first team, one of the original teams. LAFC, I think, started in 2017 or 18 and like quickly became the best team in MLS or one of the best teams in the MLS. Um, so like the Galaxy... Money wise, business wise, just have have been plummeting, and LAFC back. So that was just a interesting game there. Kansas at Nevada. Jalen Daniels is really fun. That's that's all I got. Every time I watch Kansas play, I'm just gonna say Jalen Daniels is really fun to watch play, and they can score the ball in the blink of an eye. I took my eye off the screen for like two or three plays to watch Colorado, and I look back, and Kansas is in the end zone again. So they're a really fun team to watch. They may not have to coach much longer either. Yeah. I mean, Michigan State. Yep. Some of these are the open jobs. Yep. Makes sense. He's done a great job two years in a row now. Um, so, and as I said last week, when you get the opportunity to jump ship, go. Do not stay at Kansas. It will never be better for you at Kansas than it is right now. So, when you have a chance to go, get the hell out of there. Uh, all right. Let's end on the what was the game of the week? Colorado, Colorado State, pregame. So pregame all week, glasses talk, the hat talk, mother raised me talk, all that. Uh, I was just reading the quotes, looking at them, and then I found out that Jay Norvell's black. That was the that was, that was the uh, that was the, that was a twist. I didn't 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 know that. So that was like the first twist. Um, but then I was like, you know what? Good on Jay Norvell for capitalizing off of an opportunity for us to know his name, for their program to get a little shine. Like he he basically went wrestling heel, right? Like if everyone, if if Deion Sanders is the people's champ right now, I'm gonna be the heel. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna say sunglasses are stupid. I'm gonna insult hats. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just lean all the way into this thing. So leading up to the game was great. Uh, Dion on game day, giving out sunglasses was great. He, apparently, he sold five million dollars in sunglasses. So, yeah, look at look at how ever, easily ever the capitalist. Look at yeah, I was like look at, how, look at how easily we are manipulated. But shout out to Dion, who's always always can't be mad. You know, no, for not not at all. So that was everything leading up to the game. Then Lil Wayne leads them out onto the field. For the first time ever, you have a rapper do a live walkout for a football team. Once again, 
Luka Dion. Uh, then there's pregame, I guess probably before Lil Wayne walked out during warmups and you know, specialists. You had a little scuffle, you had, which you had a little midfield meeting. Um, and then so I was like, all this building up, building up, building up. What my concern was is exactly what happened, which is Colorado, Colorado State is needs like getting them juiced up, having them play the villain, having them play. This is all about Dion and Colorado State or Colorado. Watch what we do. I think that benefited their team. What my concern was, was is Colorado going to let the emotions get the best of them? Are they are they making it too personal? Right. This the whole thing of it's personal. Um, You don't need extra motivation in football unless you're playing a school that's like not on your level. You don't need motivation for, you know, playing harder. You, you don't need it. Um, so they came out. And can we I, say, too, respectfully, based on what we've seen, Keller State isn't very good. Mm, th- I, you think they're not good? I don't think they're a uh, go-to-the-last-possession-with-Colorado-and-gets-a-robbery game. Yeah. But, I know, transit property aside a little bit. Colorado State, this much Colorado State, they're gonna, their defense especially – is going to be in some trouble. I so I came away from because the first game of the week, who'd that play? The first game or first game of the season. I'm pulling it up now because I my takeaway was actually I think Colorado State is maybe better than we think. Um, let me see who they played. Yeah, they 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 played uh, Washington State, who was very good, um, and they they lost fifty twenty four. But I remember. My takeaway from these first two games is I, I think Colorado State is decent. Um, but I just thought, you know, that that Colorado maybe came out like there's there's a fine level between uh, being emotion, being too emotional and being right where you need to be. And I just felt like, you know, maybe they were were, were were past that. Maybe they had gone too emotional. Maybe they had personalized it too much. And I think early on in the game, you saw Colorado State was more comfortable with, you know, we've, we've, we've game plan for this. The first half game plan from Jay Norvell was everything I've been saying about Colorado all time. They're, they're small up front on both sides of the ball. It's going to matter. And you saw that kind of early, like their, their size, like they, they don't, they're not pushing teams around or off the ball and Colorado state kind of played a little, little bully ball. Like they, they, their, their D line was winning up front. Um, they were they were gashing them, and then defensively, you know, they were they were getting some chunk plays. Um, my concern. Yeah, my, I watched them a little bit weak. Whenever that, I watched a little bit of the Washington State game. The Washington State game. I think they're okay. I, I think that they're game a decent did, team. That game also wasn't close, so maybe it was a decent game. Maybe they're a decent team. Maybe yeah. they haven't seen it a lot yet. No, I yeah, and I think I look. I think Washington State is one of the you know 10, 15 better best teams in the in the league. Uh, or in the in the country, so I, I didn't take too much negative. That's fair. That's fair. I didn't take too much negative from Colorado State. I think they they, they again first half game plan was really good. Second half adjustments, Dion made them. Uh, Colorado State did not. They they were outscored. What was it, twenty eight to seven in the second half? Um, so you know all they, the personal fouls they had like ten or twelve personal fouls. A lot of personal fouls. The dirtiest hit. Uh, that I, you know, one of the dirtiest hits that I talked about. Um, 
that Holker for Colorado State, that's an NFL tight end. He had a great game. That catch he made, uh, fingertip right past the hand of the defender. Oh, agreed. Unbelievable catch. He'll be playing on Sundays. Yeah, that's an NFL player right there. I guess he's a BYU transfer, but that is an NFL tight end, uh, like a a good NFL tight end. Um, But the game, yeah, the walk-off – the 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 walk off or the the touchdown or the last play of the game was a I guess a pick you know in overtime Colorado State threw the pick um, they cut to the crowd right before that game there's just a brother in a FAMU jersey up there Lil Wayne was there offset interviews this is like Colorado overnight is it's the blackest Colorado thing in the sport is for the culture who Co- are we talking about Colorado is the blackest thing in the sport and um, you know, that uh, it's Boulder, Colorado. Like it couldn't be a whiter place to be the blackest thing in the sport, but that's what we're that's what that's where we're at with it right now. When the rock like the rock is the most popular, I think, probably the most popular person in the country, probably has the best Q rating. Like no one dislikes the rock. When he looks around and says, Damn, I need to get some of that, some of the heat off of this Colorado program. Like being around Colorado is really good for business right now. When the rock wants to be around Colorado, um, just the rest of the sport needs to genuflect until probably this weekend when they lose, and then next weekend when they lose again, until they are no longer an undefeated in the very much thick of the national championship playoff discussions. This is the story. And even after they lose twice, to an extent, it's still kind of going to be a story. So I'm here for all of it. Yeah, I think the question will be the next three weeks between Oregon and USC. So who yeah. has the better defense? Colorado, USC, Colorado, Oregon. Yeah. That's the game. I think Oregon, of all those three teams, Oregon's defense is probably the best of those three teams. Um, I will just go on the record now. I think Oregon wins. Um, definitely doesn't help that they don't have Travis Hunter, but I was gonna pick Oregon anyway. Um, I think this will be the game where you see, yeah, Oregon is gonna have the size up front, but they're also gonna have the athletes on the perimeter. And I don't think Colorado has played a team that has has both yet. Like TCU, I think had the size, but there was clearly a, a lack. They didn't have the talent on the perimeter that they've had in past years. Um, and, you know, Nebraska, again, size, but on the perimeter, especially on offense, they stink. Um, this, I think, is the first time where you're going against a quarterback who's equally prepared, equally kind of seen it all, been there, done that. Um, a, a coaching staff, a program, like, I, I just think this is the one that they lose. Um, I hope it is a close game. I, I hope it's an entertaining game. I, like I would prefer a, a shootout where these teams just go back and forth, but um, I think Oregon's defense is is uh, a cut above Oregon, and I, I think that'll be a good difference. But I hold. It off. is or not having Travis Hunter matters. He's obviously yeah. a difference maker on offense, but defense is where it's really going to hurt. Yeah, exactly. That was, and that's the thing. Like losing him, you're losing two players. It's not like he's the rare case where we just lost our best, you know, one of our best receivers and our best uh, defensive back in one player. So, uh, all right. Game of the day for me. I mentioned it. There were some good candidates. The Kansas State and Missouri game was really good. Kick to walk off. Hampton Howard, great comeback. Arkansas, BYU, 
kind of back and forth shootout, but some smash mouth in there too. KJ Jefferson, like I mentioned, it's like trying to tackle an actual hog at quarterback or an actual Razorback. Good luck with that. Um, Colorado versus Colorado State was good. The comeback. But to me, it was Vanderbilt UNLV just because I didn't expect anything. That game was kind of in between the 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 7 o'clock and the late night window. Uh, like just back and forth, back and forth shootout. I think both teams had the ball with like under five or six left in the fourth quarter, two different times. It looked like, okay, this is going to be the game winner. Oh, no, this is the game winner. Oh, no, this is the game winner. Yeah, then... both teams strangely had. <laughs> Wide receivers running past DBs on hill. Yeah. Like, why do yeah. you have people run behind you? I don't yeah. understand. That's driving me crazy. <laughs> Several times. So I won't say it was the best played football, but it made for a hell of a game. It made for some entertainment. So that is my pick. Some of the other games are probably more, you know, better played, but that's my pick. Play of the day this is the only time this is ever going to happen that I'm giving this to a kicker. You had uh, Horton from Colorado State had the sideline low ball fingertip grab that I think they ended up taking away, but it was still unbelievable that it was even in question. Uh, Isaiah Satanga from Arkansas had an 89-yard punt return. Great return. Um, Started up the left side of the field, left hash, and then right kind of where the wall was, cuts it all the way back right, makes – Four people miss kind of in one cut, just takes their angle away, hits it to the house. But the play of the day, Harrison Mevis, shout out to you for Mizzou, 61-yard field goal for the win. Uh, it's the only time I will acknowledge a kicker by name and give them play of the day. Uh, you got to make a 61-yarder to beat a top 15 team to, to get on my list as a kicker. Performance of the day, we had a lot of candidates individually uh, Michael Penix Jr., 473, four touchdowns. Cameron Ward, 227, four touchdowns. Jalen Daniels, like I said, 420 yards total offense, four touchdowns. Uh, Trevor Etienne, younger brother of Travis down at Florida, uh, was really the player of the game for them. 23 carries, 172 yards, and a touch. Uh, but the play uh, performance of the day, usually I do an individual. I'm giving it to a team. Portland State. Do you know what Portland State did this weekend? Oh, sorry, I thought that was recruit rhetorical. Oh uh, no, no, I was asking. <laughs> do you do you know what Portland State did this weekend? I don't remember. No, okay, it's on my radar. Portland State, uh, yeah. I mean, who who out there is not paying attention to Portland State football, y'all? But Portland State uh, put up a ninety-one point shutout. I'm not even gonna. Oh, actually, I did write who it was. North oh, no, Amer- I didn't know that. North North American University. I'm so sorry. Uh, it was a 91 to zero point victory by Portland State. Let me tell you what's impressive about that. It's not, yes, the 91 points. That's extremely impressive. Scoring 91 points and keeping the other team to zero because think about how many possessions must have been in that game for defense off at like 91 points. That's a lot of possessions, I would imagine. For your defense to not just let in one or get bored or someone slip and fall or they're close enough where they could kick a field goal now for to go a whole game and just be like, no, not only are we going to score every time we touch the ball, but they are not. They are not going to score at all. So shout out to you. Scooping scores, pick, nothing. Nothing. There will be nothing. We will win 91 to nothing. I think it's the biggest discrepancy in the history of Division One. 
football. I can't imagine anyone's lost by more than 91 points. So shout out to you, Portland State. And I'm so sorry, North American University. Uh, don't know where you're located. Don't know anything about you. Right. But, <laughs> sorry for that, too. We I'm, very, about yeah, you. <laughs> I'm very sorry about that, about it all. Uh, all right. That's, that's it for this week, except preview next week. Uh, game of the week. I, I got Ohio State at Notre Dame. There's a lot of games to to choose from next week, but to me, that is two top ten teams. That is uh, kind of we, we we can learn something about both of these teams. I I, I want to know more about both Notre Dame and Ohio State. I've seen flaws in both. Uh, I'm more concerned, frankly, about the offensive Ohio, the the quarterback situation at Ohio State seems to be uh, kind of questionable um I, i've seen better play but uh in the last couple of games but i'm just you know taking it with a grain of salt based on who they played so i, I want to see both notre dame and ohio state uh first big test of the season well yeah first big test of the season for both we'll say that yeah yeah we're, we're gonna have a lot of a lot of questions answered about both teams yeah after next weekend yeah um sleeper game of the week there were a lot to choose from I'm, i wanted to go real sleeper here so i went georgia state at coastal carolina it's going to be the thursday night game uh on espn it's a sunbelt game those are two teams two that, really really good teams two teams that are normally at the top of the sunbelt these are two teams that you know can contend with power five teams and schools so uh, this could be a real fun one, and I love that they get the spotlight to themselves on a Thursday night because it's a, a loaded loaded slate of games on Saturday. So check that one out Thursday. And then the environment game of the week. Uh, it's got to be Colorado at Oregon. I wish it was at nighttime. We would, I'd love to see the zoo in Oxen at night. But Oregon's crowd is is one of the best. You know, Colorado's coming to town. It's it's the it's the team of the team of the uh, year so far. Undefeated Pac-12 championship type of uh, you know, or Pac-12 winner type of game. Uh, I don't think you're gonna get a better environment all weekend. I mean, the closer the game, the better. But that that's my pick for environment. There were there are a lot to choose from them for uh, for next week too. So, but I, I wanted to go with that one. And they're gonna be ready. Uh Landing, I think, was talking smack about Colorado too. Another All game right. is gonna be personal. Yep. So let's see. I think coaches know, like, yeah, we gotta we get we, we gotta get the we gotta get the heat from Colorado, man. We gotta say stuff, like we gotta get in the in the media, we gotta get our name out there. Again, I didn't know Jay Norvell was black until he started talking about Deion Sanders. So I, I think it's a it's a smart play for these uh for these schools. All right, final game. I'm going to share my screen. Yep, I got it. Okay. All right, put this together. We're going to play. This is how we're gonna, what we're going to do to end the weeks moving forward. We're going to play stock stock game, stock up, stock down, stock game. So I assigned uh, dollar values to each ranking, 25 through 1. It's $5 increments until we get to uh, the top five, and then it goes – uh in $50 increments but basically these are the top 25 teams as it stands now um and we're just gonna play a game of like yeah you how many shares of which school do you want we'll just keep a running total of how much it costs to buy 
when you want to sell them, whether they moved up or down. We're basically just going to see with an unlimited amount of money, right? We we both are, are super rich. We could buy as many stocks or as many shares in these teams as we want. Um, and we're just going to play, we're going to play stock game the whole, the whole year, see who can net the most money in terms of buying low, selling high, um, you know, just, uh, it's harder to explain for a audio audience, but basically just going to buy, you know, teams are assigned value. We're buying stock in them. And throughout the year, you can sell your stock whenever you want. Uh, you can buy, you know, at the end of each week, buy, buy new stock, um, and we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna just play with the game and and see at the end of the year, you know, like obviously you want to buy Georgia, okay, it's the most expensive stock. If you sell it, um, you know, on, uh, there's nowhere for it to 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 grow. It's already at the top, so like you know, having shares in them might be great if they don't lose, but if they lose, it immediately devalues it. So that's what we're gonna play: stock up, stop down. Um, take a look. Let me know. Now I'll maybe post this like a uh, uh, some kind of visual online so people can see where we stand. But let me know. Um, Show notes. Who, who you buying? Show notes on the podcast. You probably put it in there. Yeah, good call. I will. Yeah, in the notes for our podcast, I will just put at the end there uh, shares and uh, I guess shares in our bank or yeah. But I'll, I'll I'll track it so we can keep an eye on it. So let me know. Like so, let's start. Who? Uh, who are you buying stock in? How many shares you want? I should have a formula in here so it'll just populate um, how much you've uh, you know spent, and um, and then we'll go from there. So next week when there's some some change to the rankings, the so the team you have stays the same, right? So if they were let's say Duke, forty dollars for a share now. Let's say they move up to the the nine spot next week their share price would now be $85 a share. So if you wanted to sell one, you got it at 40, you'd be selling it at 85, you'd be making $45. So we'll do it like that. Math is not my strong suit, but um, I trust you. <laughs> yeah, math, not, you math isn't mine either, but I I put the, the formula in here and... uh. So we're just going to let Excel do what Excel does. So basically what y'all are going to hear now is we're going to pick teams that we want to buy some, you know, to buy some shares of, spread it around. There's no limit. Um, if you want me to kick it off, I can. Cause I know. Yeah, kick it I, off. Let me look at this. All right. I know what I want to do. I want to buy. Hmm, I'm going to buy 10 shares in. Wazoo, Washington State. All right, so give me 10 shares here at $250. So, uh, yeah, 25 bucks a share. So I have bought 10 shares in Washington State. Again, we talked about it. Cameron Ward's one of the best weapons in the country. I think uh, I think they're a top 15 team. So I think at, at that 21 slot, I could see them getting into the top 15 or higher. So I uh, I want to get in at the ground floor here, wait till they uh, maybe jump up the rankings. But there will be a point where I'm going to want to sell because I also think they have a ceiling. So, but I'm gonna get in right now. Give me ten shares of Wazoo. Perfect. Give me five to start at LSU. All right, five shares of LSU. I think that, LSU is 
more the team we saw Saturday mm-hmm. versus the team we saw at FSU. Mm-hmm. And they can, I think they're the biggest threat to come out of the SEC. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, I might want to buy some of that also myself. Um, let's how about let's say every week we can pick, we can buy up to three stocks. We could buy as many, or we can buy into three teams. We could buy as many shares as we want, but just so we don't every week go uh, go too long, we'll just say we can buy three, you know, buy into three a week. So um, similarly. I'm going to take five stocks of Oklahoma. They're currently at 16. Um, I think if they get by Texas, I don't like, I don't want to, I don't want to overlook some of these other big 12 teams, but if they get past Texas in two weeks, maybe at TCU, I mean, I'm sorry, at, at BYU, um, you know, maybe at Kansas, but I don't, I think they could run the table, right? Like if they, if, if uh, they have Cincinnati this week, Ohio state after that, I mean, Iowa state after that, then Texas UCF, which maybe you don't sleep on them. I respect them. Uh, but those are, you know, UCF's a home game. They go to Kansas to Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state looked terrible this week. They lost to Southern Alabama. Um, so I, I I I could see Oklahoma running the table if they get by Texas. Um, you know, maybe maybe there's one loss on there, but I could see them running the table. Yeah, this is another team. Good call. That team I'm just not sure of. They've been basically in stat padding games so far. Mm-hmm. But unlike some of these other schools, can take care of business. Yeah, 50, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 point games week in and week out. So. We'll see what they're made of. Yep. All right, you got two more, two more teams, or yeah, who's your who's your next team? This is uh, give me five more shares for for Notre Dame. And D, I like what I'm seeing. All three phases. We've already talked about this. Yep. I think Hartman is the difference maker that they've missed for a long time. Yeah, and so. They get past this weekend. I, I like their chances going forward to potentially run the table, but if not, may picking up one loss along the way. Yeah, that's a smart play. I've been obviously high on Notre Dame all year. You'd think I would, I would go there. I guess I have slight reservation heading into this week that if I buy the shares now, it it, it will be less valuable next week if they lose to Ohio State. Um, so I I I, I like them. And I'm gonna stay off of that for now. I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the value for this first week of teams that I that I think will move up there. Um let me go with I will take uh I'm do six shares in Oregon because I think they will beat Colorado this week. So I think they will get a top 25 win. They're currently at 10. I think they could jump if they beat Colorado, depending on how it looks and depending on what happens with Penn State, Ohio State, um, Notre Dame, the teams ahead of them right now. Like all those teams are are playing some ranked battles. 
Uh, I think that if Oregon looks real good or, or looks good, gets the win against Colorado and some of those other teams lose, you could see Oregon jump into the top, you know, six, maybe higher. Um, so let me get in on Oregon now before before the ship takes off, because I think after Colorado, I think their schedule opens up a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, until, well, I guess just Colorado. They get Stanford, but then they got to go to Washington. God, actually, yeah, let me get in now, and I'm going to probably sell next week because they go to Washington, host Washington State, and go to Utah. That's a hell of a three-game swing right there. So I'm going to get in on Oregon now. If they win next week, you might see me selling as early as next week. Yep, I think that, that rationale is solid. I was going to provide a similar rationale for my five shares of USD. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Um, the thing that, that concerns about USC is if they're anything like last year's team, they're prone to spiraling. So if this team sits any bump, I imagine that one loss will quickly turn to three. And I think mm-hmm. this is a three-loss team, to be clear. Um, so I think the question is when that's going to happen. But for right now, I think they're rolling. So USC. Work. I like that one. Um, all right. So that was that was our stock game. So right now, again, I'll, I'll make some, some notes so people can see. But right now, uh, I have $980 invested in Oregon, Oklahoma, and Wazoo combined. Uh, you have $1,500. $25 invested in USC, Notre Dame, and LSU. So we will check back in next week, um, see if we've, you know, made any any gains, any losses, um, and then we will uh, kind of play this game again week by week. But I think that's just a nice, it's a nice way to wrap up. It's a nice little preview, but uh, also, you know, gets a, uh, it's just a fun game. Just, just, just a fun game. Play with, play with the uh, make believe money. Uh, yeah, it's a nice addition. Yeah. So big, big slate of games this Saturday. Touched on some of them, but really excited. Um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun weekend. They always are, but this one's gonna be a real fun weekend. And uh, can't wait to lock in. Just get on that couch for another Saturday. Lock in and. See what the wonderful world of college football has to provide us. Shades on, hats on. Show respect to the game. Show respect, and we will see you guys next week. All right, y'all.